Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talking a little bit about the college football playoffs, what they are and what they could be and what they should be, and why the hell they're bothering to have another ranking tonight, which will mean no more than the one that they had last Tuesday night. Joining us now is Trevor Woods uh, from maizeandbrew.com. His Wolverines uh, have have probably locked up one of the top four spots for this non-important uh, uh, ranking that is coming out tonight. So what is the purpose of all of this? Trevor, thanks for having us, or for joining us, rather. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Good to be on. Um, I, I think almost everybody expects Michigan to elevate into the top four after LSU got beat by 29 by Alabama last week. Um, does it mean squat diddly to you at this point, and should it to Jim Harbaugh, given the fact that, again, we had last week the top four, and now it's different because LSU lost, and it's going to be different every time somebody loses. What's the purpose, of, do you think, of them having these rankings now when the only one that matters is the one at the end? Well, the purpose is for it to drive clicks, to drive revenue, watching <laughs> the television show. Uh, it's a beauty contest, right? It really doesn't mean much at the moment. Does Jim Harbaugh care? I think Jim Harbaugh could care less. He realizes that all that matters now is winning the remaining three games this regular season. Indiana could be a trap game, and then there's Ohio State at the horseshoe. So that's all he's concerned about. If they win those three, the Rankings will take care of themselves no matter what. Right now, Trevor, I was reading an article about you know the one-loss teams that might have the best case for the college football playoffs. Again, knowing that everything you said is accurate, by the way. It is all about clicks. It's all about generating revenue, ad revenue for the commercials on these TV shows that they hold on ESPN. It's just all basically to make ESPN money. It's why they do these for six straight weeks, knowing each one of the weeks, according to the committee themselves, uh, is wiped out 
um, for the next one. They don't. It's not a progressive thing where you were ranked third last week and you won, so therefore you keep your third ranking. They say they start from scratch every single week, which is proof that none of these mean squat right now. But having said that, they're going to have him, so we're going to talk about him. And of the one-loss teams, let's talk about the Buckeyes in Columbus, your arch rivals. Your, you want to say you, I mean the folks who work and and uh, and write for AmazingBrew.com or Michigan people. Uh, they've pounded on you for years, and um, right now they're a one-loss team, just like you're a one-loss team. But they have, according to um, what I read earlier today, they have played the 117th toughest schedule out of 130 teams nationally. Uh, should a one-loss team that has played that week of a schedule even be in the top 10 right now and, and, and eyeing a spot potentially in the, uh, in the top four in the college football playoffs, do you think? Well, there's not that many one-loss teams, and part of the ranking that goes into them being in the top 10 still resides in Urban Meyer being the head coach, the name recognition of Ohio State, and the great quarterback play Dwayne Haskins has had. So they can be objective all they'd like, but there's always a degree of subjectivity and a little bit of bias that underlies in the brain, even though some of these guys who vote don't want to admit it win factoring in putting Ohio State in the top ten. With that said, I don't even think it's a reach. I might even put Ohio State in there myself if I was in that room. I mean, you don't control who you play and how weak or strong they are for the most part. And uh, so I really don't blame Ohio State in that regard. What I do have an I issue if with... I may, if I may, before you continue, oh, I ahead. don't blame them for that either. You're right. You don't control that. So many of these games are scheduled years in advance. But... Because it's a weak schedule, you damn well better be undefeated in it. And you damn well better not lose by 29 on the road to an unranked opponent. Uh, you know, if you're going to have the 117th of his schedule out of 130 and you want to be yeah. considered one of the four best teams. No, that's exactly what I was going to get to next was the fact that they did get blown out so heavily by Purdue. That was absolute shellacking. And then, as you know, in a few of their wins, they – Hung, IU hung around with Ohio State for more than a couple quarters. In Minnesota, they kept that a competitive game where they could have won going into the fourth quarter. Last week, barely beat Nebraska. So, uh, yeah, you're, t- you're totally right. I agree with you. They, they should probably be undefeated when you're playing that week of a schedule. And beyond that, you have to blow teams out that are that sucky bottom line. So yeah, I am but- with you. Yeah, I, I agree with that part. Let's talk about, you said there's not many one-loss teams. Here are the ones that matter the most going down through the top ten. Um, in, I'm talking about top ten of the AP poll right now. It's Michigan, of course, Georgia, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Ohio State, and Washington State out west. Uh, what is that, six teams that I just named? Yeah, six teams have one loss. Which is the best of those one-loss teams right now? As we, of course, assume that the undefeateds, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, are going to stay in the top three of the college football playoff ranking. Which of those one-loss teams is is deserving of, well, not only making that as the fourth team in, but which do you think is playing the best football right now? That's a good question, and... That goes down to either Georgia or Oklahoma, I'd say. With Oklahoma, you have a very high-powered offense, but not the best defense. And there really hasn't been a good defense in the Big 12 in quite some time. Uh, Georgia, on the other hand, they just seem to be a, a good, well-rounded team, obviously very well coached. But I'd give it a, a toss-up between those two if I had to make a choice. 
I think that's probably what a lot of the uh, voters are thinking, too, um, which then begs the question, how important is it when Alabama plays Georgia? And uh, Georgia has clinched the SEC West, right? I believe so, yes. I think they've clinched it, so they're definitely going to play them there. How important is it to the Big Ten champion, that, and, and quite frankly to the Big 12 champion and to the Pac-12 champion, that Alabama win? Uh, because if Alabama suffers a loss... And, you know, let's say it's to Georgia. Now they each have one loss. Alabama, we know, is still probably going to get the love from the committee as a one-loss team uh, to, 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 uh, to be in that, in that top four. You're going to have two SEC teams in there again, and it's going to knock yet another Power 5 champion out of it. You pose a really good point there, and that's also believing that Notre Dame is going to run the table, too, uh, in that scenario. That's true. But, but uh, Michigan the Big Ten, how they're concerned would be whether, let's say, Michigan finishes with one loss in the Big Ten Championship or it being Ohio State for that matter. That would be very difficult for the committee to do that to the Big Ten once again. And uh, especially in Michigan's case, I'm going to give them a bit of a leg up. Uh, then Ohio State, just when you look at the metrics, when you look at you know number one total defense and all the categories, they're just shattering some records or you have guys you know hardly giving up a completion to a wide receiver and just that the well-roundedness that you really right now can't find a major weakness. Um, and then Jim Harbaugh, I, I just think even with Jim Harbaugh and the notoriety that Michigan has nationally, and honestly, I, I truly think when they sit down in those rooms, they're at least thinking these same thoughts, whether they should factor those in to the rankings ultimately or not. They do care about people watching television. They care about those type of things. And if it boils down to, to Michigan not making it, I, I just I don't see that happening. And uh, I make the same case for Ohio State to a degree. Who knows, right? Well, yeah, you're exactly right. We don't know, and that's kind of why you know, it's why they get us. It's how they hook us. You know, we don't know, and so we have to speculate and talk about it and what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing and so on and so forth. So that is uh, very, very true. We're talking to Trevor Woods, uh, who writes for about the Wolverines for amazingbrew.com. Based on what they just did to Penn State, uh, Trevor, that defense simply smothering. Uh, they are smothering everybody they face, including, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Wisconsin, the, the nation's leading rusher, Trace McSorley, considered by some to still have still been until now, uh, you know, a potential long shot Heisman candidate. We saw what Trace McSorley did against Ohio State. I think he put up some 400 yards of individual offense between passing and running. And the Wolverines just destroyed him. Uh, he was, what, 5 for 13 passing? And he ran, I want to say, I had the numbers yesterday, but he ran uh, almost a dozen times or something like that for a negative, net, net, uh, negative six net yards. Um, that defense is as good, at least now, as good as anybody in America, is it not? It is. I think it's safe to say, even hands down, I don't really think there's anybody playing close to the level Michigan has during this revenge tour against Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State, you've had three pretty good quarterbacks in Alex Hornibrook, Brian Lewerke, and Trace McSorley, all mobile guys who have shown to be clutch and win a whole lot of games during their tenure at their programs, and they've absolutely suffocated them. They've got nothing going with their legs or their arms, and it's been absolutely impressive. It's been one of the more dominant stretches you'll see from a Big Ten team against their 
most storied rival. Obviously, Ohio State looms, but uh, and then the other thing about it is these are pretty decent teams: Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Michigan's had a tough schedule this year, and unlike Ohio State, as you said earlier, who had one of the weakest schedules, Michigan has won every game except their first one against Notre Dame, and their numbers are, are quite impressive, even offensively. We can talk about those numbers in the top ten and third down efficiency, time of possession, some other categories, a Westgate poll, or not poll, uh, the betting line is out for the Heisman front runners, and now Shea Patterson and Dwayne Haskins are in the top four. So uh, things are voting well for Michigan, but it all is about that showdown at the horseshoe. We're talking to Trevor Woods, maizeandbrew.com, joining us here on ESPN 106.5. The ticket, the Wolverines are uh, easily having their best year since Jim Harbaugh came back and uh, was hired to turn the uh, program around. It looks like it's finally there, at least for now. Jim Cushlin is here with us as well. Jim, go ahead. I want to go back to the offensive side of the ball, if I could, Trevor. Um, you know, this team has a really strong run game. Karan Higdon has been, you know, lighting it up for most of the season, and it, it's solid there. On the quarterback play with Patterson, what I find interesting and good from a Michigan standpoint is he's it's felt like he's been getting more comfortable, more efficient, and essentially better, you know, as weeks the weeks go by. He honestly did not look all that great, especially in the Notre Dame game, but really the first couple games of the season. So now that you have him playing basically now like the quarterback you thought you were going to get when he transferred, you know, plus the run game, it's one thing to talk about how really good, and it is, this defense is, but if you can get balanced efficiency like we've seen from the offensive side of the ball, uh, that's just going to, in theory, should just lead them to even better places. Oh, you're exactly right. The offense has evolved since the Notre Dame game. I mean, this is Patterson's first season at Michigan, so it wasn't a surprise it took a couple games for things to get churning. The offensive line play has improved greatly. Patterson's getting protected, not getting sacked much, has a lot of time to throw. The offensive line is opening gaping holes for the Michigan run game. And then the offensive scheme has evolved to where it's multifaceted. Patterson's running the ball a lot out of the read option or the RPO. There's the pistol formation, a lot of more spread sets, just a lot more formations in general that are confusing defenses, and they don't really know on a given drive whether they're going to run every play or there's going to be five passing plays in a row. So it's really keeping teams off balance. And there's a lot of playmakers on that Michigan side of the ball that go beyond Patterson and Higdon that complement them. So, yeah, they're 20th in passing efficiency. Higdon's in the top 10 in rushing yards. So there's a lot of statistics, and a big one in my view is time of possession, which they're fourth in, and their third round from conversion rate, which is eighth. Those are key statistics when you face a team like Ohio State where it's a faster tempo, and Haskins can score at will to where you're going to need to convert those third downs. You're going to need to score, and you're also going to need to keep Haskins in that Ohio State offense off the field as much as possible. And what better way to do it than packing a good O-line and a good run game? We are talking with Trevor Woods uh, from AmazingBrew.com about the college football playoffs, about the University of Michigan. Um, uh, my my concern, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, and maybe Jim Harbaugh isn't thinking this, but just for me, if I'm rooting for Michigan to do this, um, Rutgers and Indiana uh, are not powerhouses. Indiana, by the way, can cause problems for some people. They cause problems for Ohio State, as you uh, pointed out earlier on. But still, they have two less than stellar opponents 
before Ohio State. Um, focus and 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 concentrating on the task at hand and and stomping and squashing. You know, George Atkinson, one of my friends from the Raiders, uh, the old Raiders, used to say, "You never kill." Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, when you, you always kill an ant with a sledgehammer. Uh, you you destroy it. Uh, you make sure that it's not getting back up. Uh, do they have that mentality, uh, or do they get caught focusing on Ohio State three weeks down the road? Hey, that's a very fair question to ask, and I think this team is battle-tested mentally, physically, and there's just so many leaders on both sides of the ball that are alpha male, vocal, tough rah-rah guys. It starts with the head coach, Harbaugh, of course, but you have Patterson, you have Higdon on the defensive side, the leader, Chase Winovich, who coined the term revenge tour, Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, so many guys, so many guys who they remember what it was like losing to Notre Dame. They remember what it was like losing more than a handful of games last year and getting uh, embarrassed. So those memories, those wounds, they haven't necessarily healed, but they've strengthened them, their metal. And, yeah, Rutgers, I think the next two games, Rutgers is more like a scrimmage. There's been a the revenge tour, you know, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Penn State. So it's a good week to have an inferior opponent, a worse opponent coming in. And then Indiana, that can be a trap game. So they'll definitely be focused, definitely be focused the next couple weeks. And by then, there's no doubt they'll be ready to play Ohio State. The way things have gone the past few years, the way things have gone the past decade, there's going to be a lot of motivation and a lot on the line. And I, I don't see them slipping mentally to where they're going to get hurt and some team that shouldn't beat them ends up giving them a run for their money. I don't see that happening. Uh, last thing, um, did LSU fall far enough, in your opinion? They only dropped five spots after losing by 29 to Alabama. And I know they're, I know Alabama is obviously the best team in the country, um, but it is their second loss, and it wasn't close. They, they, they stayed in the top ten with that, uh, with that 29-point loss. You okay with that as far as the, you know, the um, AP and coaches' polls? I want to hear your thoughts after I answer real quick, but uh, no, I'm not okay with that. I think UCF, whether they they deserve to be in consideration for the top ten, they're still undefeated. They should be above a two-loss LSU team that lost by 29 to nothing. Washington State, they've done some good things. They should be above them. You can make the case to even Utah State, Syracuse, a lot of teams. I, I don't know. I I do have a problem with LSU being nine. They shouldn't be there right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way uh, as you do, except for the UCF part. I wouldn't put UCF over them in large part because UCF just gave up 40 points to Temple. 40. That's fair. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and they didn't give up 40 to Alabama. They gave it up to Temple. Uh, so to me, I, you know, it, it, and by the way, I, I read a really interesting piece about a week ago. Maybe, yeah, I guess it was a week ago. Um, that a lot of people may in the in power positions within the NCAA uh, may really, really be sticking it to UCF because they did not like the fact that UCF essentially thumbed their nose at the entire organization last year by declaring themselves champions, having their own parade, getting their own rings. And, you know, they are a member school of, of, of a conference that is a part of the NCAA. And for them to just say, we don't like how you chose your teams to go into the Final Four, we are the best. Um, do you think that they, you know, the voters both in the – uh, well, the AP isn't part of the NCAA as far as the uh, the rankings, but uh, as far as the CFP, I, I don't think they're going to get any more love than they got last year, and if anything, they'll get less because I think there are some people are irked a little bit by them. Oh, they're irked. I, they're definitely irked 
there's new members of the, the playoff committee, but they're irked too. And the fact is, they spiked the football, like you said, basically, instead of doing it the diplomatic way, which would have been saying, hey, guys, we were undefeated last year. Can we please expand the playoff? They should be jockeying for that. They should be tr- making their case, trying to have pe- get people, other programs on their side to expand the college football playoff, not declaring themselves national championship- champions, giving out rings, and that. That's counterproductive to their overarching goals year in, year out, to where they could continue to go undefeated and they'll continue to be left out of the conversation. So right. their only hope is to expand the playoff, and that's my view. And, and I think, uh, quite frankly, even if they expanded it to eight, it still wouldn't help them in a situation like this. They're not going to put them up above even a two-loss LSU or a one-loss Washington State. They're going to stay down, I think, and uh, unless they change their ways and maybe also well, they, they need to They need right. to go to the ACC or SEC, then Bingo. bottom line. Bingo, exactly with the, the direction that that has to go. That's what I was just telling Jim. We were talking about eight or 16 and uh, whether or not conference champions of all the FBS conferences should make such a, such a field if they were to go to, uh, to 16 teams, and I don't think so. If the conferences stay weak, uh, your champion isn't guaranteed going in. If you don't like that, go to a stronger conference or open up the membership roles in your conference and bring some stronger schools in in order to increase your, uh, your profile. But that's a long way down the road, probably a good 15, 20 years. I think it'll be inside of a decade before we get to eight it'll be probably another decade before we get to 16 so uh that's a time for our conversation for another time trevor woods uh amazingbird.com michigan uh, community on sb nation great stuff thanks trevor hey thank you let's do this again we will indeed